0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 6th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The criticism that has been revived against advocates of school choice is that choice advocates are, at best, indifferent to segregation. Cato's Neil McCluskey argues that criticism needs to contend with some facts about school choice advocacy today.
1: Well, school choice has become more and more common as it's really become an accepted thing. And I'm not just talking about charter schools or interdistrict or interdistrict choice, but private school choice has become widespread with uh, 26 states or so with either voucher programs or scholarship tax credit programs or education savings accounts. And then on top of that, charters and other choice, it's not private choice, but it's some cases sort of like private choice. We've seen a very concerted backlash now against that kind of choice. and One of the most prominent arguments that school choice opponents, especially private school choice opponents, have been using is that private school choice, they say, originated in segregation academies, which were schools set up in the South after Brown v. Board of Education uh, that were private schools to which uh, public funding was attached either to the school or to the students so that white students could uh, leave public schools that were slated to be integrated. And so there we've seen this argument many times um, and then in particular a recent article by Steve Suits of Emory University uh, saying that school choice is grounded in racism and people who support school choice Are at best indifferent to racial segregation in the schools. There have been real concerted efforts to connect modern day school choice efforts to those terrible uh, segregationists um, in the South in the 50s and 1960s who wanted to use school choice certainly to avoid uh, integration of schools. What was in particular about this recent Suits article uh, was being Uh, very explicit in making connections, saying, in fact, supporters of segregation academies often used the exact same kind of language that school choice supporters use now. So they talked about freedom of association. Shouldn't people be able to choose, for whatever reason, who their kids go to school with? They used religious freedom arguments. They'd say, well, we should be able to choose a religious school— And the suspicion, and it was probably true in some cases, was that people said, well, we should be able to choose a religious school because that will also be racially segregated. They said that supporters of segregation academies used the argument that, well, we want to have a multiplicity of schools that people can choose because competition is good. And by connecting those arguments, saying that segregationists said these, then making the connection that Milton Friedman in the 1950s and 1960, when he was writing about school choice, which was really influential, uh, that he used the same arguments and that school choice supporters today use those same arguments. And because of this common use of these arguments, there's a connection. And it's clear that school choice supporters, as a result, at the very least, don't care about the segregation effect that school choice could have.
0: Yeah, to say that uh, that is it supporters of school choice are overwhelmingly parents are they not uh, well
1: i would guess that disproportionately parents are people who are in support of school choice, although there has been some polling recently that showed that uh, parents and the general public tend to be pretty much aligned on lots of education issues, including school choice. There are lots of people who support school choice who are not parents uh, who support it for all sorts of reasons. They may think that you just get a better education in private schools, they may sort of be libertarians or some conservatives or some liberals who think it is right that people should be able to direct their own lives and that different communities ought to be able to control what happens in their community. Um, And so, there are lots of reasons that people support school choice. And I haven't seen any evidence that it's disproportionately parents. It's the public Certainly, and most interesting for what we're discussing, uh, minorities and particularly African Americans are more supporters of school supportive of school choice than white Americans.
0: You know, it's kind of hard to get at because there are uh, just because somebody uses an argument that is used by someone else in in bad faith uh, doesn't make that a bad argument, right?
1: yeah so this is the crux of it. I think it's un it's first of all, it's understandable why people worry about school choice and segregation, uh, and it's understandable why people get angry about segregation. I mean, it's a terrible, horrific history we have of how we in particular have treated African Americans. Segregation is a big part of that. Um, and you can understand why people get very angry and very concerned about anything that may uh, exacerbate segregation, and it's certainly intuitive to say, well, if people could choose schools, they may choose schools where they're separated by race. Um, What is wrong, I think, is to let that understandable sort of passion overrule your ability to look at somebody who has a different stance on this. And say, not only do I disagree with them, but they must be bad. At the very least, they must not care about bad outcomes because they support something that could end up in greater segregation, which I think, or which, you know, this person would think, is terrible. But. The, that's why we've got to, whenever we deal with somebody we disagree with, first of all, and this is part of the article I wrote, is really get to know them before you get outraged. Ask them, why do you believe the things you believe? Why are you advocating what you're advocating for? And what you would find and what people would find to uh, attack school choice supporters is often that, first of all, they think freedom is paramount. And even if freedom is misused, it doesn't mean the right thing to do is eradicate freedom. That's why Milton Friedman, when he wrote about the problem of segregation, said he is against Government forced segregation, absolutely, but he's also against forced integration because he believes that people should have the ability to decide with whom they associate. He also said, though, that if he had to choose between forced integration and segregation. He would choose integration because that's better. And he went to pains to talk about how important it is that we all use moral suasion and constantly try and make people understand why integration is so important. So what he's trying to do is not sacrifice freedom, which is, a I think most people would agree, is a, is a fundamental good thing, while still trying to get those good outcomes. And I think that what's gone wrong is given the understandable passion people have, given how they've seen the misuse of freedom, that they're too quick to say we should get rid of freedom or we should curb freedom. And anyone who disagrees with me must be in league with evil as opposed to they want to support the fundamental good of freedom.
0: Mr. Suits then here, is is he calling for the overturning of the You know, the Supreme Court case, the the name escapes me, that that essentially established, yes, in fact, you may spend your own money to educate your own children. Well, he's
1: not – that was Pierce v. Society of Sisters, and this is where it gets interesting when you look at the history. Um, One of the things that concerned me about his article was it was heavy on – Um, segregation academies, and how segregationists uh, were for school choice, therefore school choice must be off, or at least those who support it must not care. And he ignored the rampant bigotry that we've seen in the history of public schooling. Not that public school supporters mostly wanted that, but it is something we saw. And so what was interesting was we see this over and over that, well, the roots of school choice are in segregation after Brown v. Board. But that's not true. The roots of school choice, at the very least, uh, go back to Roman Catholics in the 1840s and 1850s, where the public schools, they were forced to pay taxes to support, were Protestant institutions and were often virulently anti-Catholic. And you get to Pierce v. Society of Sisters, which was in 1922, and that was about a an Oregon law that essentially made it illegal to send your child to a private school, and that law was supported very outwardly by the Ku Klux Klan, which was, yes, anti-African American, but also anti-Jewish and very much anti-Catholic. And so, he tries to—he paints— modern-day school choice people as at best indifferent to segregation, but ignores an explicit connection of the Ku Klux Klan in opposing school choice. Again, it's crucial to understand that school choice I mean that public school supporters almost certainly aren't in league with the Klan, don't approve of what the Klan does, didn't approve what they did in 1922. But if you are going to sort of attack all school choice people with the worst use of school choice, it seems sort of unfair to ignore those connections in public schooling that you are, you know, essentially want to win because you're saying school choice really shouldn't be allowed. Only public schools should be allowed, at the
0: very least publicly funded. I've heard people make this claim before, and I intuitively sort of know what they're getting at, and that's the idea that at some point, uh, Democrats uh, should be compelled to choose between uh, the support that they've received traditionally from unions and the support that they've also traditionally received from African-Americans over this issue of school choice. I think that, um, first of all, I'd say that that People who are against
1: school choice, um, certainly uh, politicians, to some extent, have to respond to unions. I'm not prepared to say that most of them don't... oppose school choice because they really think school choice is not a good thing. I mean, there are understandable arguments to say everybody should have public schools. That way we know everyone gets educated. Public schools would sort of unify us by all teaching the same things. Uh, The historical evidence is against that. The research evidence is against that working. But you can understand why good people would think that. What is what's really bothersome is, again, when we attack or when school choice people are attacked as being segregationists and they ignore that African-Americans who presumably, you know, that's who we we want to help. I mean, I want to help everybody with school choice. But if you're really angry about segregation, those were the people who were most hurt by segregation. You would at least want to pay attention to what they want. And and polling has repeatedly found a majority or plurality of african americans want school choice they want private school choice and for a lot of reasons uh, a lot of reasons everybody might like them first and foremost people want to be empowered real power is having the ability to do things yourself not have government tell you you must do this you must go there you must not go to this place and African-Americans, I think, like everybody, would like to have power over their own lives. But also, if you are in any minority group in this country, if you were to say, well, every public school has to exactly reflect the demographics of the country, well, then you're never going to be the majority in any school. You will never be the one who gets to decide what it teaches. You'll never be in a school where demographically, you are the majority. You're always going to be a small number. You will have a lot of trouble getting a school to teach uh, in the amount you want the history of your people or your culture. Um, and so lots of African-Americans, again, like everybody else, would like to have schools that reflect them, that re- that they have control of, that reflect what they want their kids to learn. And, the, and it's a simple reality that No school can teach the amount that everybody wants to learn about all different things because we all want different – there are lots of different people and we all want different things taught. So, for myriad reasons, African-Americans disproportionately want school choice. And then to say that school choice uh, must be driven by people who are indifferent to segregation, that seems sort of at best counterintuitive when you accept the reality – of the support for school choice.
0: Neil McCluskey directs Cato Center for Educational Freedom. His Education Next article is available at cato.org. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us and suggest show topics on Twitter at Cato Podcast.